welcome to the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, and this podcast is your guide to start creating a lifestyle by design. From entrepreneurship, money and finance, taxes and residencies, and everything in between, this show highlights the nuances of a true global citizen lifestyle. Let's dive in. Back to another episode of the Work Wealth and Travel Podcast. This is our Digital Nomad Digest segment out every Friday with myself and with Cami. So today, inspired by another one of my favorite podcasts, I wanted to do an episode about underrated places that we have visited as full-time travelers, digital nomads, global citizens. There have been a few, which I'm going to dive into in a second, a few locations that I thought would be absolutely beautiful, amazing. It's so talked about in the nomad space. And then I got there and it was unfortunately underwhelming, did not live up to my expectation. And it's not like I was only there for one or two days. I really spent a few weeks to a month in these locations. So while it wasn't, you know, a full integration into the culture and society, it was more than a few day vacation for me to really see what the lifestyle was like there. So I am going to go ahead and share two of those that come to mind, one more so than the other, quite honestly. And then Cammie is going to share what her experiences and some of the underrated digital nomad destinations are. So my first one is Colombia. And I feel like everybody listening is either going to be like, what? Or going to hate me because when you think of being a nomad, a lot of the times, especially in Latin America, you think of Colombia. Colombia has an amazing digital nomad visa. It's actually the lowest price point that you have to earn monthly to obtain that digital nomad visa. Every expat in Latin America, you will hear talking about Colombia. It's beautiful, the culture, the food. I had slightly a different experience. And of course, I did see those amazing parts of it. The culture and the people were very vibrant. And so for me, it really came down to where you are staying in Colombia. And so we stayed for one month in Bogota, one month in Medellin. And then I believe it was around three weeks, two or three weeks in Cartagena. And those are the main places that you will be going to. There are a few others, but you have likely heard of those if you have ever looked into staying in Colombia. Bogota was, it is the number one overrated place. And the number one place when anybody asked me, like, where would you never go back to? I'm sorry, but it is Bogota. And it's funny because you'll even hear people in Medellin saying, oh yeah, Bogota sucks. And of course, I'm sure it's just city rivalry, but there is potentially some truth behind it. So Bogota, I have never in my life never in my life. And I've been to over 30 countries, I believe it is now. I don't know the exact number. I've never seen poverty like I have seen in Bogota. And poverty, but poverty, a lot of that coming from, unfortunately, drug use. And there is definitely a lot of drug use, as you would expect, in Colombia. Our hotel Airbnb, kind of the doorman, he was telling us that he worked in a cocaine field. He had never done cocaine in his life, but he was harvesting the plant for cocaine. So there is a lot of that there, a lot of drugs there, a lot of homelessness, specifically in Bogota. 
everywhere in Colombia, quite honestly, but specifically in Bogota due to the drug use. And you can just blatantly see that in the center. We stayed in the center on the streets and going around the city as well, taking the buses, which we did a few different times. It wasn't a city that got me super excited. I have been to very gray cities. Tbilisi is very Soviet Union-like. And so that to me was a very gray city. And Bogota is not quite as gray, but it was just, it didn't have the vibe that I wanted. The vibe that I think when I think of Colombia and Latin America. And then moving to Medellin, Medellin was definitely more delightful, I would say, than Bogota. But there is one main area, Pablado, where you will see all of the foreigners and Provenza and kind of the bar street. And that area is super fun. But if you are staying in another area, so we have made this mistake more than once, we stay in the center. The center is not always the place that you want to be staying, especially if you're in Medellin, because that is where all of the homeless people are. There was, again, Medellin, the downtown. Stay in Provenza. Stay in that area. Don't stay in the downtown. We would walk down the street and most places I don't take my phone out, but I really did not take my phone out of the downtown of Medellin. Are you a fan of the show and tune in weekly? From one global citizen to another, I would greatly appreciate you leaving a review for the show on your favorite podcast platform. Leaving a positive review not only makes my day, but also helps others find this podcast as well. Be sure to leave a review right now on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you. And let's get back into the episode. We saw people, you know, partially covered under a blanket, just shooting up with needles in their arms. And not that that was everywhere. We saw that like once or twice in our one month there when we would walk downtown. But still a pretty surprising experience for me, quite honestly. And then Cartagena was beautiful. I don't love humidity, so it was pretty humid. And yeah, Cartagena, there was, again, you know, some poverty, but really, really beautiful. The old town, the downtown, you can explore a lot there. We didn't explore too much outside of that because that is kind of the main tourist attraction. So that is my brief report on Colombia. But if you come to Colombia, you know, it might be worth it. You want to not a place quite often that too. And then my other location that definitely did not underwhelm me as much as Colombia was Montenegro. So Montenegro, I had actually been there. I've been there about a decade ago before anybody knew what Montenegro was, but we went back last summer and it was summer. So Montenegro is on the beach. It's a very vibrant city and the vibe was fun. The old town is beautiful. But one thing that I didn't expect was the main beach area. There are a few different beach areas, but the main beach area where you'll see most of the general public going who aren't in, you know, the five star a night hotels, the beach was so busy, so packed. It was fun because there's bars on the beaches, there's nightclubs on the beaches. So it is a fun environment. But I went in the water once. You know, we couldn't find a place to sit on the, it was rocks. Actually, it wasn't sand. It was rocks, but we couldn't find a place to sit on the rocks. And when we did, it was just this very small spot. And then you'd go in the water and you have no personal space in the water whatsoever. But that was July in Montenegro. So I think if you have multiple thousands of dollars to be spending on a beautiful place per night and you have a private beach, then it's a very different experience. But if you're not spending, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on a trip to Montenegro, then it 
it was definitely not an experience that I had in mind. You know, when we went to Mexico, those beaches were beautiful and amazing. And it just wasn't the same vibe in Montenegro. So those were the two places that were a little bit overrated for me. And it's important to mention Montenegro. The city specifically was in Budva. So I know that there's Kotor and some other really beautiful cities. But this was in Budva in peak season in the summer. Don't know if you're going there specifically for the beach. There are other places that I would recommend. But Cami, what about you? What are some places that you have explored that you found were a little bit underwhelming? I really wanted to comment on the whole center thing that you mentioned about Colombia. Because I was born and raised in Sao Paulo, we know that the center of Sao Paulo, like I, if I'm going to the center of Sao Paulo, it's because either I need to buy something or there is a very specific restaurant that's like this cool, hyped place that's new, you know? And then I'll dress in a very specific way and I won't carry my purse, like I'll you know, like I'll get like use those bananas like on in front of me or whatever the the name of that purse is, or because it's such a dangerous place. It's like the one of the most dangerous places in São Paulo is the center. So we know that. I know that I normally don't like being in the center of any see, except if it's like a small town, and I know that it will be kind of safe. But if not, because of my trauma with the center of São Paulo, I already know. So if you ever go to the center. And I remember that I, I think we talked about this because the other day I saw this article and the person, she was for sure not from, she was not Brazilian. The person was writing like places should stay in Sao Paulo. And then they recommended the center of Sao Paulo because the architecture is beautiful and it is beautiful. But I would never in my life recommend a friend of mine to stay in the center of Sao Paulo. Like I would actually strongly recommend against it. You know? <laughs> never, would never tell them, eh, stay in the center. It's beautiful. Like go there for a trip without any cash on you, maybe your phone or like in your boobs or something, and then explore around and then go back to whatever you were doing before in whatever other area you were in before. Don't do not stay there. It's funny that you mentioned that because we just booked a place in Peru and we were gonna book in the center, and then I looked up the center and it didn't look so great. So we actually found the not center place where the expats are, but I think it's so different in Western and Latin America, because for us, not all cities. Yes, like the, the center of where I'm from, which is a small town, is very sketchy. But like if you're going to downtown Toronto, like you're going to downtown, you're going to the center. If you're going to, you know, downtown Calgary, like you're going to the center. That's where like the stadiums are and like everything's happening and the football games. But yeah, we we kind of learned it's a little bit different in Latin America. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, well, for me, I would say the first thing that comes to my mind is Venice in Italy. When I went there, I think I, sp I spent like two nights there and it was, to be fair, and it's been nine years since I've been there. So it's been quite a long time. But I remember that I really disliked it because I felt, for me, it felt like it was Disneyland. You know, it wasn't really authentic. Like there's not a lot of people that live there because they have their life there. If they live there or something, it's more because of the tourism and it's everything. I just felt like it was so catered for tourists that I, I felt like there was no essence to the place. There was no rawness or authenticity to it. I think at certain points, yes, there was. But right now, I just felt like it was like a little bit of a Disneyland, like a Disneyland of Italy where everything was kind of structured in a certain way, just for show, just for the looks. 
for tourism. And I really dislike places that are like that. That's why I didn't like, for example, Las Vegas. I thought it was, sorry, but I felt so disgusted. <laughs> I really hated it because it was just like malls and shopping malls and like big, you know, hotels and casinos and like the fake lights and everything just felt so man-made for me that, yeah, it just like turned me off a lot. Another place that I felt like it was really disappointing for me. And that one, I think that people kind of will argue with me on that is Athens. I really disliked Athens. Really, like I love Greece. I love Greek people and I love Greek food and everything. Like I lived in Greece for one year, but I really disliked it. It reminded me of Sao Paulo and the center of Sao Paulo in many ways that I don't like in ways of like not feeling safe not thinking it's pretty at all. Of course, in Athens, you have some pretty places. You have the Acropolis. You have some, like, areas near the Acropolis that is really beautiful. And there is a certain kind of, like, underground rough vibe to it, but not to the point that I thought it was cool underground. It was kind of, like, too dirty underground for me, you know? And then I just don't feel safe. I don't feel like I want to walk around it. I feel it reminds me of Sao Paulo. It reminds me of not feeling safe. So I really disliked Athens. Like I stayed there for, I think, almost one week. And I couldn't wait to leave. I remember I was working a lot as well. So I spent a lot of my time trying to find cafes because I just didn't want to be outside. And it was also really, really hot. And, you know, it's like 30 degrees in Greece, but you're in a city. The buildings and everything, ah, I just really didn't like it. And I feel like whenever I tell people that I didn't like Athens, they they get really impressed. They are kind of shocked, like, oh my God, really? But so beautiful, the Acropolis. I'm like, yeah, sure. Go for two days, visit the Acropolis, and then we're done with it. I have actually heard that from quite a few people about Greece. And I think since the they kind of had their crisis back in 2008, I feel like it did go downhill and it just I not that I went before 2008 but I heard that you know it became very like graffiti everywhere and a bit rougher and I feel like it just never got its charm back to it but I have not been to Greece I was just thinking because there's places in Turkey that look exactly like Greece and they're so stunning um but officially we have not been to Greece but so not that I would know what it was like before 2008 but I've heard the same I had the impression that it had always been like that so I don't know what the reality is. They, it, it is a cool kind of city, you know, they have a lot of different cafes and it's this, they have this, you know, hipster kind of like underground areas and you get some, they have a lot of thrift stores there as well. It can be rough in a cool way, but my brain just just took everything in as rough, dirty, non-safe way. So I feel like that's why one of, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I really didn't like it that much. Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. I feel like a common, not a common theme, but it's like one of the places that we have both mentioned out of the two places we've each mentioned have been because it's a bit rougher, it's dirty, maybe there's like graffiti or homeless or whatever. And of course, if you're traveling, like you can put up with that, but you don't want to stay long term in a place like that. So that does have a big impact on where you're going to be going. If you are traveling to any of these destinations, I we're not saying don't go. 
It's just these are our experiences. And I'm sure everyone listening has had similar experiences in different places. I just remembered another one that I really disliked. And this is one that's also also leaves people kind of in a divisive situation. Singapore. I disliked it so much. For me, it was just, I just spent like my entire day underneath the shopping malls. And I was constantly lost because everything is a freaking shopping mall there. And then you're just lost within these malls. And then you go from one mall to the other mall to the other mall. And then you're like in these tunnels. I really, really, really didn't like it. I, I feel like for me, if something is like really man-made and it's really just not really natural, you don't have the integration with nature and things like that. And it's just this technological man-made kind of place that it's kind of fake at this sensation of fakeness for me i don't like it so for me i feel like those two elements of either it's fake man-made which is like venice and las vegas as well or if it's really dirty then yeah not my place that is so interesting because i have a total opposite i loved singapore i thought going to the marina bay sands area and the hotel is obviously beautiful i thought that that was a really cool integration with man-made and nature and i didn't spend it sounds like china when you're talking about the underground malls and like they're all connecting to each other i did that a lot in china but it's also fun you know for me to like explore different foods i don't think i went in any underground area in singapore but i did go to a lot of their they have great indian food and so you know you go to the street food and you have the indian food um i actually really like singapore i was only there for a few weeks but i had a lot of fun. The only thing is like when you get to Asia, especially Singapore, because it's on the equator, it doesn't matter what time of year, it is so humid. So that's the one thing where it's it's tricky for me. I lived in China for four years in the South and it was the exact same. Have you ever been to Bangkok? I'm really curious about your opinion on it. I didn't yeah. like it either. I'm like, wh- why are people talking about this? I, I don't get it. Like, I don't. Sorry. I can, I can understand that. For me, I love big cities. So that is a piece of it. The bigger the city, I'm like, cool, the more to explore. But Bangkok is like, there are areas that are kind of dirty and not the most beautiful, but there's also really cool places. Like I don't, I do not know the name of it. We went basically at the beginning of COVID, but there's a really cool, like the tallest tower in Bangkok. You can go up it and then you can take photos and they have drinks up there. And so there's a lot of really interesting places. If you are of course not making the local salary that you can do. We would be at like rooftop pool hotels. So I like being a city because there's so much to do. You know, right now we're at the beach town and it's great and it's beautiful, but there's only so much you could do. And the waves are wild. I've never seen waves like this. So you can't go in the water. So there's only, you know, so much you can do. I love city vibes, but I know that that's not everyone. Normally, I also like city vibes, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like it dip- like. I feel like in a city, it really depends on who you're with and what you are doing. But when you're in a more nature type of thing, it's, I'd say that it's easier to do something because like it's nature, like you're doing nature, you know, it's like either you're at the beach or you're walking around. And then if you're in a city, it depends so much on what you're doing. Because if you eat in seven bad restaurants throughout the entire week then you know you'll have a bad experience with the restaurants it's not like 
Okay, you did have a bad experience with nature, but you can say still, like, everyone can agree this landscape is beautiful, you know, even if I don't have space to sit at the at the beach. I think that there are cool things. I enjoyed my time in Bangkok, but it wasn't because the city was enjoyable. It was just the company that I had, and we did some, like, really fun things, and we were just having a lot of fun together, but not because of the city in itself, you know? So it could have been somewhere else, and... Yeah, I don't know. It's just really interesting to have these conversations with other travelers. And because normally we don't agree in everything regarding certain, but not in everything. It's interesting. I think like I'd rather be in cities because there's so many opportunities to meet other people or even locals who speak English and have a similar mindset. Whereas for me, nature is great, but like I grew up surrounded by acres and acres of like forest and fields. And so for me, a lot of people will be like, I love to go on hikes. And I've never felt that way. I didn't grow up in a big city. I'm mesmerized by this big city. When I'm in nature, honestly, there there are some stunning, amazing views that I've seen. But a lot of the time, I'm like, this could be anywhere in the world. You know, this could be any mountain. Yeah, it's a beautiful mountain. It could be any mountain. It could be any forest. So I don't know. I know a lot of people. So that's like my hot take because a lot of people have your opinion of it. Whereas for me, I'm like, I want the big city. I moved to Shenzhen, 12 million. I'm like, perfect. (laughs) It's kind of a different perspective. But I think that this was an interesting episode to get our different perspectives and you listening. Maybe now you can have more of an insight if you plan on visiting or traveling or even potentially living in any of these places, what that may look like for you. You've just listened to the Work, Wealth and Travel podcast. If anything from this episode resonated with you, I would appreciate if you share this podcast on your socials. And of course, be sure to tag me. And don't forget to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for joining me on this global citizen journey, and I'll see you in the next episode.